Always cracking Jew banger. Yeah, yeah. Tell me something. I don't know. What would you like to know? What is your purpose? Oh, my goodness. That's such a big question. You sent me that at like half eight in the morning. And I was like, oh. <laughs> um, and do you know what I did? And I'm just going to look it up on my phone because I actually looked up what that was, the meaning of it, because I thought it was quite useful. But I actually looked up in the dictionary and there's a few different uh, descriptions, which I thought might be quite nice. So purpose the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists, a person's sense of resolve or determination. So there was a new sense of purpose in her step or have as one's intention or objective, which I thought all three of them, it's, it's kind of a nice description um, to riff off. So I guess, yeah, uh, so I guess my purpose and it's changed over my lifetime, but at this moment in time where I am at my stage in life, I think my purpose is definitely to help people. And I was thinking about it today when you text me that and I was like, yes, to help people move better and to feel better in their bodies, but also maybe to inspire people by my life story. And I don't mean even really collectively and masses of people. I just mean if I can inspire and help one person at a time through my journey and what I've been through, then then I'm doing okay. But then also it was, I think I was always destined to be a mother. And this is a this is kind of a mad thing. In my 20s, I didn't want to be a mother. I wasn't really interested. I didn't want to get pregnant. I, I couldn't really see that for myself. And then when I did get pregnant and the moment that my son was born, um, everything changed and everything in my life switched and and it all kind of made sense and and fell into place. And uh, and it made me... So life life made sense. Yeah, life suddenly made sense. And and I finally understood it was was such a weird thing. Do you remember, I think it was in our podcast with uh, Dr. Sarah Mackay, she was talking about how the neurochemicals... Uh, when you're pregnant, when you're pregnant, and then as the baby is born, you get uh, like a flood of is it oxytocin or serotonin. I can't really remember what it was, um, but it was one of those. Oxytocin. Yeah, oxytocin, and it was like this immediate rush on me. As soon as my son was put on me, everything just fell into place. Everything clicked. It was like suddenly this rush of love. Everything just made sense. It's like I finally got what real love was. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was, and then everything mm. else fell in place from that. I just became better more empathic more understanding more intuitive and and that's where I think everything stemmed from that was my purpose and from that purpose everything else started to just sprout off from there so that is that is really Mm. what it is and we can maybe dissect that a bit more but tell me what your purpose is Uh, yeah still still working on it I got an idea but I think I'm still working out really is um, it's definitely involves people because mm. it's just what I do, yeah. you're right? Um, at least I think it does. And um, <clears throat> um, I don't know. And like, like the biggest driving thing for me is learning. And so I almost feel like, like my purpose is just to learn, and then whatever I learn is put it out there so that you know there's there's value added to the community around me and and to people around me so 
um, that's kind of what it feels like. But uh, I'm still in the kind of phase of discovery with it, like the more I've been thinking about it, because um, yeah, there's a great book called uh, The Art of Impossible by Stephen Kotler. Mm -hmm. And it's just um, he's done a lot of research on like flow states and what it takes to get there in the neurobiology of it. Yeah. And that book is a essentially a, a how to get more flow, and um, it incorporates like you know the bigger things in life. Like it's all about how do you maximize your neurobiology to get you into the state of flow. And it's not just about you know flow for the sake of flow. It's um, and to be clear, that state of flow is like you know what people would have experienced when. Um, you know, some of the some of the markers of being in a state of flow is when you are so engrossed in an activity that you lose sense of time. Mm -hmm. um, it feels really purposeful. It can even feel like play. And you're at the edge of your kind of skills um, challenge uh, capacity. So it's kind of pushing you, but not too not too much. And um, if it was within you, it wouldn't feel like you're in that flow state. Um, it can feel like you know creativity just sparking and flowing out of you so that's what we mean by flow but the thing is to get there it's um there's a few there's a lot of prerequisites that need to be met and curiosity passion purpose autonomy and mastery mm -hmm. are those five things mm -hmm. that you want to be aiming for okay. and uh, so i've got like curiosity and passion in bags it's like um i just love learning about the stuff that i love learning about right yeah and uh, the curiosity is always there. I'm always asking that question. And then when it came to the purpose part, I was like, yeah, there's, um, there's something that I can figure out still, um, like really get to the heart of. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what the answer is. And purpose is essentially in this regard is the your, you feel compelled to do something which is greater than yourself. You know, mm -hmm. it's not just about taking care of yourself. It's about doing something which is, um, bigger than you. So in your case is like, Oh, I've got my son. This is, this is, this is my purpose mm. and <laughs> making a good life for him. And, um, so for me is like, what is the equivalent thing of that? Like if I have kids, it'll probably be the same thing, you know, like purposes can change as well over time. Yes. But, um, um, what is that thing that compels me to improve the state of the world essentially mm. and um one way or the other and you know, a lot of people think you know it's like it's going to be this grandiose thing you know go change the world like elon musk is you know send everybody to mars it's like no it doesn't have to be that big because no. you mean very right down to right down to earth and right down to right in your vicinity like again like raising a child some people think that um you know it's got to be bigger than that but it's like no actually there's nothing bigger than raising the next generation of people mm. to have a better life than the one that you had. So there's, um, yeah, there's an aspect of it. That I'm still working out. Like what is that exactly for me in, uh, in the grander scheme of things? So yeah. And that's why I was really thinking about it. And that's why I just messaged you like 30 in the morning. Like, Jude, what's your purpose? <laughs> He's like, you're like, what the hell is that? Like, yeah. This is how we roll around. Yeah. Here. I liked it. No, it's um, good. I love those questions. But, and yeah, so that's kind of, where I'm, where I'm at, I'm still, still working out entirely. Um, but I know that when I delve into the things I'm curious about and I feel like a passion rising, it's like, okay, passion is 
what I really want to do and then that purpose is how is what I want to do marry up with solving solving problems in the world um, and uh, yeah so just putting everything that I know to good use to yeah make outcomes better for uh, for yeah for for humanity I guess you know in the grander scheme of things but um, but it starts with just you know affecting change in the people people around me and and then that extrapolates out further and further and further so still getting a handle on it exactly but um we'll work it out that's really cool and why i always say this and why you were speaking but it was it's like these thoughts came into my head and i met you what three four years ago i can't really remember i think it was 2017 i think it's 2017 2017 2018 maybe yeah when around kt level two was and uh I feel Mm. like you have come a really long way. It's not just about NKT or personal training or coaching. It's, it's so much more like I saw today on Instagram, you've just qualified in something to do with Jordan Peterson, which is like amazing. You have to tell me about that in a minute, but it's like just seeing your development, your personal development, but also your business development just kind of go up and up and up. It's like, you've come a long way. Don't you think in the last three, four years, and this, I, I just, it was just, I'm, I don't know why I kind of thought of that, but it was just like, I wonder what you're going to be like in the next three, four years as well. Like, where is this going to take you, this purpose, this passion? Mm. And if you have kids yeah. along the way, that's, that's going to change it again. It's like your purpose changes. It constantly ebbs and flows and morphs mm. and, and develops into something else. And, and life and life experiences are going to, change that again and uh it's it's yeah i think for for both of us it's been it's been quite a mad journey for the last few years and uh i'm excited to see where it's going to go but yeah tell me about the 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 dr peterson qualification that you've just done because i assume that's part of it the five things that you were just talking about um yeah so that is um he's got a a course called discovering personality on um uh, on a like Kajabi or something mm. like basically he's got like, eight lectures and it's all the introduction to the big five personality model and then the five personality uh, traits and the, the overarching traits and then just a lecture on each one of those and it's just it's basically it's five hours worth of lectures so it's not like a qualification it's more like you watch the lectures you remember some stuff mm-hmm. they give you a, they give you a little test at the end of it yeah. and then you pass the test and they give you a certificate of achievement so right. it's not like um yeah it's like uh it's it's fun it was it's i mean it's useful because it helps you obviously relate to people um figure out you know where somebody's at by kind of the the behaviors they're displaying to you mm. um and yeah, personality is like, you know, a really nice way of looking at it is like personality is how we interface with the world so that we can make sense of the complexities of it all. And uh, so, yeah, so because shit is complex, um, figuring people out is complex. That's the work it. we do ends up being complex mm-hmm. as well. Um, it's, I think it was, I thought it was just like yeah, no brainer for me. It's like, um, I love what he talks about, what he teaches, um, his philosophy um, or the breakdown of philosophy uh, philosophy of other philosophers and um yeah so it was for me it was just hey okay he's offering this thing i'm gonna just jump on it and um watch the lectures and yeah it's really useful really really helpful right 
And, and yes, yeah, so that is me again, exploring and curiosity and, uh, something that, you know, presents itself in front of me. And it's one of those things where the interest keeps coming back. So it's not just, I see it once, you know, it's like, you know, you can get shiny object syndrome. You can just like, Oh, I want, I want to do that. Yes. Ooh, I want to do that. Oh, I want to do that. I know. Um, this one just kind of, yeah, kept cropping back up mm. and, um, I was like, yeah, okay. I'm just like, this is a really basic entry level, uh, uh, like a foundational analysis of these different personality traits and um, what they mean in combination with each other, the things we know about um, personality, what they help us predict and the things we don't know. And um, so it was a, yeah, it was a good little education and that's all, that's, uh, that's what it was. And uh, yeah, so I made a little joke about it. It's like five hours of uh, lectures and I just, my Instagram post was captioned with "Got my PhD." <laughs> I saw that. It's funny. Um, that's All really right. cool. Yeah. I like what you said there yeah. about how you can get that shiny object syndrome, especially with courses like I love learning too. And you're like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. But that it's always mm. those ones that pop out or that just keep coming back or that you keep thinking about. It's like anything. Um, there's certain things that I keep thinking about, mm. like and mine's very much the neuroscience angle and it's like I keep coming back to certain courses and it's like at some point I will do that it's like the DNS course that just keeps coming back keeps coming back and I know that I probably know some of it and everyone's like oh I don't really need to do that but I'm like yeah but I really want to do it it just feels so important to me so I know what you mean about mm -hmm. having things that you keep coming back to and uh and for me it is the movement it is assessing people and being able to get them to move better and I've probably got too many courses to review and under my belt and I should really just keep going back and going over the anatomy and the anatomy and the anatomy that I have but yeah I think I, I don't know sometimes I crave a bit more um movement learning as well yeah for sure it's like you, you kind of want to satisfy that craving as well yeah because uh yeah if you don't you feel like you're becoming a little bit stagnant yeah but what you said there is actually not something that should be overlooked, which is just review what you already know, mm -hmm. because it's really easy to just jump into the next new thing. But reviewing what we already know is, um, it's consolidating it. It's making us better is actually probably going to provide more value than just jumping on the next, uh, next course that we see that we think is going to be useful to go on. It's like the whole Bruce Lee line of like, you know, never fear a man who practices 10,000 kicks one time for the man who practices one kick 10,000 times. Massive. And yeah. it's the same. It's just basically, yeah, the path to mastery is just like kind of staying on things without getting too distracted, even though they fit in with what we, what we need to know. It can, it can, there's, there's always something else. Mm. And, um, so the key there is just kind of sticking with things we already learned and consolidating that. And then, yeah, moving, I think, and then adding to that very selectively, I think, um, is the key. If we don't, we just like blindly step into course after course after yeah. course and as valuable as they will be, we'll take in like 2% of what actually we, we went, uh, we, we came there for and then we kind of discard it as if it wasn't useful, but, uh, but that's not the case. Everything's useful, but everything like, you know, methods, there are many. So, um, sticking with sticking with the principles making sure that okay principally what do i need to know what do i want to learn and 
uh, by doing the next course, is that going to give me exactly what I'm looking for? Exactly. If there's a bit of doubt, it's like, okay, leave it out. Exactly. And um, so, yeah, so I'm doing the same as well. Like neuroscience-wise, is okay, I want another neuroscience of everything, basically. Um, with uh, Especially like, yeah, neuroscience of movement too. So for me, um, neuroscience of essentially the mind, like I guess neuroscience can be looked at as the, the biology of psychology. And um, nice. that really helps to make me make sense of things of how my mind might be working and then how we can tap into especially with the line of work that we do primarily we need to help people make change mm. so how do we tap into making change better and i think understanding the neurobiology of mindset is really helpful for that and then neuroscience of movement is um everything we're essentially doing is a you know for the largest part of it is trying to influence um, the nervous system so that we move we move better because it governs everything basically mm. so yeah those will be like uh, the things I really want to explore and make sure that I kind of just stay in that lane because it'll be easy to drift because you know I've wanted to explore a little bit more about strength training I wanted to mm. explore a little bit more about uh, building muscle mass and going down that route but it's like that doesn't speak to you as much as knowing this stuff yeah. so I should really make sure I've got the blinkers on for everything else and, and and go down that track. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's the things that speak to you. And at the moment, and, and when we were speaking to Kathy Dooley as well, it, it, it was so inspirational that I was like, I actually just need to mm -hmm. go back and review my anatomy. And I need to know that really well. I need, need to keep knowing it and keep knowing it and know it better and know it even better. Because at the moment I know about that much and I need to know a lot more. And then I'm like, yes, and I want to incorporate the brain. And everything that you just said, it's like, this is our control center. And it's good to know that stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, I need to know the anatomy. And so for me, I think it's, I'm almost working mm. from the ground up. I want to know more about the muscles. I, I want to just go back, relearn, relearn. I've had, you know, we've had that like kind of interim, like bit by learning neurokinetic therapy. And I absolutely want to know more. And I did a bit of neuroanatomy um, and I, I, and I really love that. And I actually think for me, like listening to you, you like the neuroscience and the, the kind of psychology of it all. Whereas I'm like, I like the nuts and bolts. I like the anatomy of it. I could probably go and watch a, a cadaver dissection of a brain and be like, Oh yeah. And, and I think yeah. that for me is like, I, I like to understand the mechanics of it and it's, and then maybe I'd head into neuroscience. So I think i and this is me just kind of riffing off it now. It's like I actually need to go back in and learn way more anatomy. I think maybe you probably feel like you're quite up on your anatomy, but I'm like listening to Kathy. I'm like, I, I need to know more. And I want to know it really, really well so that I can stand there with a client and go, mm, okay, let's assess your shoulder. Let's see and, and know immediately and then test and then think about the neuroscience. So I feel like I'm maybe lagging behind a little bit, but. I'll get there. Doesn't matter. It's like, um, like anybody compared to Kathy's going to know nothing in, in anatomy. Correct. And it is overlooked. Like anatomy is massively overlooked as well. Yeah. It's like there's so many practitioners who just don't know enough about it. I remember working with a guy. He's like, what's that? Like, I don't know. How many muscles are hamstring? Four? <laughs> like you just made up a number. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if you include the shorthead bisophomores, like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you got yeah, four, you got but four. it was, uh, he just made up a number. He had, he had no idea what, uh, and that's it. Uh, how many there were. It was quite funny. He's like, okay, name them. And, um, you know, this is somebody who's like, all right, we're going to, even for hypertrophy, he's like, okay, you got to know which one does which so that you can bias uh, the hamstrings in certain ways mm. so that you're getting that um, stimulation for that muscle growth. This is hilarious, I remember. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm always, I'm always going to need to know more of that as well. But um, I do, I, yeah, I guess I do pretty well, like off principles as well. As yeah. like, if I understand uh, understand that, it gives me uh, understanding that kind of a overview gives me enough to go on, and um, and then from there I'm like, okay, what are the details that I need to understand so that you know you got to go, you always got to go a layer or two deeper than what you think you need to yes. know because you'll 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 get challenged on it and uh, also it'll make you a practitioner because then you can see um solutions clearer than if you didn't yeah. didn't do that and that's massively important that's why I like the essentially the neuroscience of um of the mind and neuroscience of movement yeah. is massively helpful for me because then i realize when somebody especially like when somebody's doing a movement for example and the the need is to kind of stay in a position for long like for a long time so it's, when it's rehab related it's like we need to get rid of some load but we need you to execute this movement really really well mm. and when you're executing that movement and it can feel like it can look like it's a really easy exercise a lot of my clients will attest to the fact that i'm giving them exercise and they're like oh this looks like we're pretty easy why is game to do this and then two minutes later they're like Please make it stop. Please make it stop. Please make it stop. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that you would have experienced that as well, especially like, like, I'm yeah. just lying on my back. How is yeah. that going to be difficult? And, um, yeah, same, same thing. But, um, but when you build up that intensity, like that's how the brain responds. So, and I know that is great. So instead of like saying to somebody, oh, like, especially if they've got a, um, a pain issue, it's like you start to feel that intensity. They can start to get a little bit worried about mm. it, but it's like, no, no, you want to feel that level of intensity, as long as you're maintaining good form, as long as there's no pain, cake, mm. pain kicking in, you're gaining, um, uh, you're, by leaving that level of intensity in there and building and building and building until it basically becomes unbearable and then you have to let it go, that's fine. You know, that's good because that's training the nervous system to tell you to make that change permanent, more permanent mm. so that you've got better quality movement. And if I don't know those things, then it's like, okay, I'm going to get somebody to do a movement, but I'm going to keep backing off the moment somebody thinks it's too hard. It's like, no, you actually got to stay with that a little bit longer. It's fine. As long as you're able to, you know, hit the checkpoints, as long as you're able to do the movement uh, well, it doesn't matter if it's hard. It doesn't matter if you're shaking doing it, you know, as long as it's getting executed well. And, um, yes, yeah, so like kind of knowing knowing that level is, um, uh, knowing it's that level, you kind of have to, right? Yeah. And just um, yeah, it gives you, gives you more to fall back on. Absolutely. And I was having this discussion with one of my clients this week about teaching styles and how she was saying she went to a Pilates teacher before me and how that Pilates teacher was a real, um, she was like a taskmaster and I'm not. Mm. And, and I think yeah. there's value in both. Uh, and then it, it started to make me think about Okay, well, that's that's because of, of of my nature and that's my personality and 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 I'm not a taskmaster. I'm not like no, you stay in that position until you're done. It's like, but also I think it is that that neurobiology of and it's something that Kathy Dooley always 
taught us on the courses that I've been on in, in immaculate dissection is that it, it takes three repetitions for the brain to either in the nervous system to either kick in or to fail. It's so it's why we always kind of test three times and we do things three times or I'll, I'll get someone to fire something up three times because by that point, the brain and, and I can't remember all the science behind it and the mechanics behind it, but the brain's either going to get it and it's going to lock in or it's going to fail. So for me, it isn't about doing 20 repetitions and getting someone because you know, they're, they're going to lose their form. They're going to lose everything. I want to see that they can perform an exercise, feel the benefit, move it within their range and do it three, maybe more times. But that's when their nervous system, their brain, everything's going to get it in. And, and it's like, no, I'm not a taskmaster, but I want you to move and I want you to move well. And and I want you to feel the benefit in different ways. It's not about feeling the burn the whole time. We've had this mm. discussion before. It's not about feeling that burn for me. It's not about you shaking yeah. and sweating. And, and, and I understand it's like you're, you're taking someone through it. And as long as they had good form, yeah, keep going. But I'm not going to get them to hold a plank for five minutes because there's absolutely no benefit <laughs> in that for me. I'm like, what the, what, what, what the exactly. fuck does that do? I mean, it's nothing. Mm. I want you to be able to move well. I want you to be able to walk without pain. I want you to be able to get up out of a chair or get up out of bed without feeling bad. So I don't see what a five-minute plank is going to do or taskmastering you into doing, you know, so many things on the reformer. I want you just to be able to perform stuff with that breath work, with that mobility, that stability, and then we move on. Um, different teaching styles, different people. But I think that's, again, we come back to the anatomy if you know the anatomy, you know the range of movement and you know what you're trying to do because of the anatomy, then you don't need to be a taskmaster. So that's where I'm like, okay, so you need to go away tomorrow and sit and watch some stuff because your anatomy needs some cleaning up. Um, and that's going to make me a better teacher. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the... Uh, the personality course comes in handy, right? Like, oh, why yeah. do people prefer a taskmaster over someone like you? So it's like, okay, cool. You're going to resonate with this. Okay. And with someone like Jude, it's like somebody who's a little bit more mm. open and, Curious. Um, you know, that is, yeah. And that's going to suit you better. Whereas the other person is like, just give me stuff that I've seen on the internet and just make me work hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, and which is fine if we get some result that is uh, exactly. looking that they're looking for. Exactly. But the biggest thing to getting results is actually having a good relationship with a coach that you're going to be working yeah. with. If you don't, because essentially if you don't trust them, then you're not going to do what they say. Exactly. And uh, what they suggest is uh, useful for you. So, yeah, that's a, that's a huge one. Doing mm. that trust. And I think also, like it was, we were, then, we were talking about mm. therapy last week and how it's the same kind of thing. You have to build trust with whoever it is that you have decided to commit your money to, but also you've decided to employ to basically help you. So it, it has to be that about that relationship and that rapport so that you can get on. And often it's not necessarily about results, 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 although I am quite results driven, but it is about that connection with someone. And if you make someone feel comfortable and they feel like they can change and they can help their body then that's cool you're laughing yeah yeah well you kind of you build that connection with the result as well isn't it yes, is, yes. Um, 
to show them something is like, oh, right, okay, this person knows how to get me somewhere. Mm. And then that trust builds as well. Yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, results are baked into the equation mm. there. But, um, but, yeah, the the trust and um, showing them showing them the way. Mm. Um, one of the big, because it was still something is like, you know, you're saying dissect it a little bit further with the stuff about purpose, because I definitely want to want to ask you a bit more about that mm-hmm. as well because it's amazing how it's like you know, the, the conversation just tracks and it's like this is actually quite naturally going wherever it's going mm-hmm. uh, but it's also the stuff there that i really wanted to I really wanted to ask you about yeah. and it was the idea that um you know your son comes along and everything kind of makes sense and um so is it like was it for you was it pretty much like a night and day kind of difference in life uh, between yeah living before he comes along and then afterwards you're like okay i, I have this this meaning now yeah. this this all is is that what happened there was yeah. a sense of meaning whereas before there wasn't any clear meaning yeah and maybe that sounds weird i've been a lot of things in my life and i've, I've been a musician and and i think that gave me purpose at that time in my life but then i think i got a little bit lost because it was such a big thing to decide not to become a full-time pro player and to move into the music industry. It was almost like, I think a lot of people found that to be a really dumb decision of mine, but I knew what I was doing. I knew that I didn't want that life and I knew that I wanted more stability. Um, But I did feel a bit directionless for a while when I went into the music industry and then it didn't really work out. And so then I went into fitness and although that gave me more purpose, um, I then got pregnant, probably in, in, in a fairly important moment where I'd just become a Pilates teacher. And so I was building up my business and then I got pregnant. And I, and I, you know, the pregnancy wasn't easy. And although I wanted to be pregnant, it it, at the same time, it was it was quite nerve wracking, and I remember I remember towards the end of my pregnancy, just walking around mothercare with my mum and being like, "I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know if I want this." It was it was just a really weird thing. It was like I, I don't know, I don't even know what a, a muslin is. I don't know what a bottle is. I, what the fuck am I doing? And and so there was this weird kind of disconnect with everything. It's like I wasn't a Pilates teacher anymore. I wasn't a mother yet. I just didn't know what was going on. Um, and then it was so mad. So I went into labor and then I gave birth and then they do this thing where they put the baby on you. And, and so Noah was put on me and, and it was, it was that moment. As soon as he was put on me, it was like, it was almost like my world went boom. And I was like, (gasps) and that was it. And then I was like, where is Mm. he? Give him back to me. Why have you taken him away? Give him, give, give him me, give him, give him, give him, give him. <laughs> and, uh, and that was it. And then I was just <laughs> like that. And I, and it was just, it was awe inspiring. But at the mm. same time, it was very, um, I was quite an anxious mother just because of the birth. It was quite traumatic, um, other things going on. And, uh, but yeah, it just suddenly gave me this sense of, oh, I get it now. I understand. I understand what everyone's talking about because, you know, everyone was talking about being a mother and I was like, whatever and and then I just I got it (laughs) and everything else just you do everything then 
everything is is then for the for your baby for your child it's like you work because you need to make money because you want to make sure that your child is okay and and you want to work around the child so it it yeah it gives you such a sense of purpose but for me also something that did i was very flighty very like oh yeah i'm quite chaotic as a person and what it did for me as well as it grounded me and brought me into Mm. almost like the present but also just made me more I wanted to be more grounded and more at home and more in the here and now rather than more I was less flighty and I think that gives you purpose as well yeah yeah exactly I think you touched on something which um which is one of the like the functions of purpose is that grounding Mm. it um it anchors you to something which will keep you keep you going um and always orient back to and so that you always know what you're doing so that you're always making a better decision with your life rather than being unanchored and kind of drifting and feeling like um uh you know everything's kind of like you're just flying by uh yeah you're just drifting that's that's basically it so um yeah that's really that's really interesting and because where with that i'm just trying to think of it as well like um uh, from again from a neuro neurobiological perspective because this all this all helps me really understand like the level of importance that needs that gets that needs that purpose has for our experience of life because yeah. for example when you have that purpose the your your amygdala which is involved like the, this part of the brain which is involved in fear processing emotion processing stress etc it becomes less reactive so when that happens you're more resilient to stress and yeah uh, so you know you don't feel as much stress so objectively your life could be just as hard as it was without having a purpose but because you have a purpose that stress barely registers as much as it would do if you didn't have that purpose so that builds resilience that uh, makes you automatically resilient and you're able to, yeah, and you're able to endure a lot more. So that also makes me think of, you know, our conversation with Kathy in episode 58, where, you know, she's like, it feels like breathing. So she's in this purposeful state where she lives a pretty high stress life, but uh, it, the perception has changed. It doesn't matter because um, she doesn't feel stress because of her, like her purpose is sky high. But then also the areas of the brain which are involved in perception um, also change as well with purpose because you start to essentially alter your life around this purpose so the the information that you're perceiving from the world around you is processed a bit differently so you're focusing more on things that are related to your purpose so your perception changes and um, those areas in the brain which are involved with that become more streamlined and then your areas of the brain which uh, essentially the size of it is correlated the bigger it is uh, the more correlation it has with um, being out, being protective against depression and also is correlated with better well-being markers uh, across the board as well so with higher purpose you got this brain region which swells up a little bit more and you're able to protect yourself against uh, against depression and um and improve other well-being markers and then on top of that as well with purpose because like there's more of an external focus to your thinking about you know 
not just for yourself, but what you do and how it impacts the world around you, it's, there's less rumination. You're not thinking about yourself so much. So it protects you against that, which, and rumination is, you know, a root cause of anxiety and depression. Yeah. So you're able to uh, remove that. And uh, by having that external focus, by having that purpose, you are really lowering your chances of experiencing anxiety and, and depression as well. So when you have all, when, when you realize like, you know, here's this thing, you know, this ephemeral purpose, you know, people are like, what the hell is it? Do I even have it? Could I even acquire it? Um, what is mine and how long will it take me to get there is like, you know, just by, just by figuring that out, the, the cascade of positive effects that it has on your experience of life is, um, it cannot be understated. So it's, uh, yeah, it's really interesting that you experience that kind of, uh, that kind of thing going on as well. Mm. I did. And it, it's funny. I listen to a lot of mums and they're like, well, I'm really worried about what happens when my kids grow up and, um, what do I do? And, and I think as, and it's true as your children grow up and they need you less and they go into school, they go into secondary, they become teenagers, they get more independent. Suddenly that purpose can leave you. And so it's almost like everything you say, it's like, I feel like I've set myself up by having my own business, by, it's funny, Noah said to me the other day, it's like, mommy, you have mm. three jobs, don't you? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you have the podcast and you have your studio and you have Goldster. And I was like, yeah, that's what I do. And he was like, that's really cool. And I was like, thanks, dude. And, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was cool because it was like, and, but then I said to him, it's like, yeah, but all those yeah, jobs come below the main job of being your mum. But as he needs me less, yeah. then I've got these things, these avenues that hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, mm -hmm. that will stay in that I can explore and and give a little bit more time to. So I feel really, really privileged that I have these avenues. Yes, I'm a mother and that's given me great purpose, but I feel like I've set myself up and I'm super lucky with these things that will give me purpose as, as things, mm. as levels start to change within my life. And they're starting to change already. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so I think that's important. It's maybe, you know, it's to have a purpose, but then to have splinters of that purpose as well and have other things that give you that as well. Um, that's really 100%. important to me. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's nice that you kind of have that, well, whether it was foresight, whether you actually no, meant really. to plan for it or not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't think you did. But the good thing is, is you actually have that in place because you realize it's like, okay, there's other things I need to do. <laughs> there's other things I need to, yeah. I need to be involved in. Because yeah, like you said, time comes when kids don't, don't want you around as much, right? It'll just happen pretty soon as well. Like teenage years, especially he'll go off bowling around on his own with, uh, with his mates and, um, and you'll be like, all right then. Yeah. Now <laughs> you do your thing. Yeah. And then I guess I've got to figure out my own thing, but at least you've got, you've got a bunch of things. Yeah. So you can go back to doing more grappling. You can, um, yeah, work on your business and yeah. all this, all this kind of stuff and stuff that brings you, brings you like intrinsic joy. Mm which, uh, which is key. You're not doing it because it's just about getting the bills paid. You're doing it because you actually want to do it. And um, yeah. there's a hell of a lot more to that than just thinking about the paycheck rather than the process of getting a paycheck. Exactly. And, 
and you know you were like right you should come and assist nkt and i was like oh shit i had a real like existential crisis didn't i and uh you had to like talk me down and like yeah. just fucking do it and uh yeah. that again is going to help me because that's going to give me more confidence mm. to then branch out within everything that i do and it will it will give us ammunition to talk about it will give me stuff in my work it will give me stuff in my t- class teaching in a way as well um and it's little things yeah. like that it's those little breadcrumbs where it's like when someone that gives you something never say no do you know what i mean it was like you were like basically giving me that and saying you should do this and it's like and i felt very like yeah it's sort of alice in wonderland it's like yeah just, just go just do it just do it just do it because that you're going to benefit from that, even though you don't want to do this, you're going to benefit. And it's like, and it's something that you said earlier, it's like things jump out at you, just do them. And that's what I've been doing. I've sort of, mm. if something jumps out at me, even if you feel like you're a fraud or whatever, just go and do it. And then that's going to take you somewhere else. Mm. And it's all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah. you know, I think you and I are both quite good at that. It's like, yeah, we're going to go and do that and that and that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, the key thing is, is again, not getting caught up in shiny object syndrome and actually just doing the thing which doing is relevant, relevant to you. Right. And, mm. um, and this, yeah, this is one of those instances. So it's not just like, just say yes to everything because I know no, when that's no, happened, no. you know, no. shit, you just get, you get spread to thin. but it's, um, but it, the, the saying yes to the things that you're talking about is like, is it important to me? Yes. Does it scare me? Yes. <laughs> Should you I do this? Yes. <laughs> You know it scares me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and not just, um, yeah, and it's not just like, yeah, okay, go on, then I'll I'll do this. And there's no kind of, like, you know, feeling attached to it. You just think, you know, whatever, I'm just going to get a little bonus out of this. It's like, no, this is actually actually stuff I need to do, I want to do. Um, And the opportunity has presented itself, and this is a good opportunity to take because there'll be a weekend assisting a course and um and learning as well as applying and helping others yeah. get better and there's no better way to learn than to teach in my opinion so yeah um yeah so it's one of those opportunities where you definitely say yes to right yeah, yeah. Mm. even though you said no <laughs> I'm like, shitting no, myself coming. and i've yeah I've, I've put it off and put it off and put it off and and the fact that and it's one of those things it's one of those series of events that i always find really fascinating in life that it's like right he hasn't got any any other assistance they need an assistant and it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's my time. Let's do it. Let's do it. And, and yeah, I, it's my time. not like that, but not like this, but it's just, um, <laughs> throwing a matrix quote there. Oh, I, where you missed it. Yes. I not, love that. You know, it. it's like, not like this, not like this. And then just, and, and, and it, it, just, it was one of those things where it's like, they need an assistant. They've got no one else. Uh, and and part of me's like, yeah, I'll do. But it's like, no, just step into it. You'll learn it and you'll be better for it. So just do it. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it does scare me, but that's okay. And and I will be the one, the assistant, like looking around at you going, I don't know. But I know <laughs> that I know that you're there and Sue's there and, and, and it'll be fine. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you um, you don't give yourself enough credit for the things that you already know. So I, I just I can't remember. I think you need to, I've done it for a you year. Need to work on it. You know what I mean? So, but that, that, that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like uh, you'll you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You're gonna get it. And at the end of the day, it's like you're getting a lecture before you have to help people out with it anyway. Yeah. So refresh your memory. But oh yeah, I know this. What am I worried about? Yeah. Except I'm not there for yeah, the first hour. But, but yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. 
yeah, no, you'd be fine. And it's just uh, an element of teaching it to other people, which you haven't done. I've yet. not done before. So, it's like you've done yeah. it, so you know what to expect. Whereas I'm like, I've not done this before. I've not been assistant before. I've not done NKT level one since 2016. And it's like, just do it. It'll be fine. You you know, just put yourself in it. It'll be fine. It's like the podcast. Exactly. It's like I hadn't done a podcast before. <laughs> and and then it was like, just do it. It'll be fine. And, what? Yeah. and, then, and at first, it was always that thing of not feeling good enough and going, why would anyone want to listen to me? And do you remember when I first did that, your first podcast? It's like, why has G got me on his podcast? I don't I, I don't know anything. Why am I interesting? And then, and then as we were talking, it was like, oh no, maybe I have got something interesting to say. Um, and look at us now. There you go. <laughs> Chat and shit, and someone's still listening. <laughs> I know people listen. Who knew? <laughs> we love you guys. We love you. Thank, Thank you, you so in. much. <laughs> we appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a very kooky way of saying that. Fuck off, <laughs> kooky. <laughs> Go on, explain. Yep, explain. You. You've got to explain now, G. All right. I yeah. said uh, right before we started the podcast, we were just talking nonsense, and I said to Jude, I can't remember how it came up. Oh, I can't right. remember what I said, but I think it was like if you were on a if you were speed dating, how would you describe yourself? And the first word that you came up with was cookie. cookie. And I was like, fantastic. Cookie. Just uh, just eliminate a certain no, set of guys. Not and even butters. That's a good. Just cookie. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a good. Uh, yeah, it's a good entry. Cookie, and they'd be like, "All right, jog on. Uh, we don't want yeah. cookie girls. All right, show me." <laughs> Yeah, great. Thumbs up. Uh, We're good. I know. Then they start talking to me and be like, oh, my gosh, she's yeah. fucking insane. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing you should open with, uh, like we did with this podcast, so what's your purpose? <laughs> you, you'll get some real shit straight away, cut They'll through like, the nonsense. What? Like, Tell me your purpose. Why are you here? Mm. You got You got 13 seconds. Spill it. Go. Go. And they'd be like, yeah. uh, and then it'd be something silly. I'm never going to go speed dating. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> you second by the thought of it. Yep. Oh no. That's ridiculous. Have you been speed you dating? No, I've, I've never been speed dating, but I've seen it. I've been in venues where I've seen it being done. I think, yeah, I think I'd have a lot of fun with it. I think you'd be great. I'd just be like that. Mm. And that'd be it. <laughs> just staring at him like a meerkat. Or like that. I want to do this. Yeah, yeah. you've got, you got a solid RBF going on. <laughs> Proper resting bitch face. No, I don't really, mm. I don't really have a resting bitch face. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but... um. I can't do it. Just too happy for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm too meerkatty, and that's why people always approach me. So like I'll be in the supermarket. I'll be the one that the old ladies approach to get the milk from the top counter or whatever, because uh, I've got that sort of face. Um, whereas a lot of my mates have got that proper RBF, and uh, no one approaches them. But I'm like, right. 
um, uh, which I think is great. I'd rather yeah. that, to be honest you're with like, you. You're like, yeah. You're like, that's really sweet, but I can't reach it myself, honey. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's true. Look, let's go find someone. Come with me. Yeah. Let's, find a, let's find a man. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarious. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, you got yeah, you get that you got that energy, right? It's yeah. like, oh, this person seems nice, I'll ask him. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> whereas one of my mates, he just he went through a phase where he'd like, you know, every crackhead in the neighborhood would just come up to him and ask like ask him a stupid question, like just start <laughs> talking to him. He's like, Why do I keep attracting these people? He's like, Hey man, like once once uh, once it happens, you know, like whatever, you know, it's a fluke. Twice, it's a coincidence. Three times, now it's time to be a trend. Like we gotta look at we gotta look at you. Do you know what? That used to happen to me when uh, when I was in Manchester studying. I used to get on the bus. Someone used to sit next to me and be like, have you thought about joining a church? And I had that probably about six or seven times. Have you thought about joining our religious circle? And I'd be like, what? Why? Every time I get on the bus, why? Um, and they just approached me in the street. Have you thought That's about what... joining our religious circle? And I'm like, no, no. She's like, I'm already a Satanist. Thank you very much for asking. Thought about saying that, but I was never that quick. I was just like, why do I always get singled out? And I think it is because I've got that kind of meerkat kind of face, and I'm like, do do do. Oh, that's fantastic. Every time, it's always oh, me. Talk about. Uh, oh, see, that's that's fantastic. That reminds me of a story again. Like another mate of mine. He's on the train. He's reaching. Uh, he's reading a Richard Dawkins book. Um, he's reading The God Delusion, and. Um, and he's like, he's next to this woman and he goes, she's kind of like, kind of perturbed. She's a little bit like shuffling around and long story short, she basically, right before she's about to get off the train, she hands him a note and uh, he's like, okay, this is really strange. And she just kind of looks at him while she gets off the train and then he opens up the note and then she's basically saying, um, you know, uh, God is with you. You don't have to like. You don't have to go down this path of uh, believing somebody who's um, like a pure, you know, like the blind watchmaker. Like, you know, there is no purpose in life and everything like that. It was hilarious. She just made this assumption about him and left him with a note rather than being curious. Is like, oh, tell me what you think of the book because he's like, I'm not. I don't. I don't buy into anything what he's talking about. I'm curious to know what his point of view is. So yeah. he's reading it out of curiosity. And, and then this person just makes a blind assumption and just thinks, oh, this guy's lost it. You know, he's he's got no soul. He's dead inside and he needs God's help. <laughs> and yeah. that's basically like what the note was saying. And, you know, like it's, it's hilarious, but it's just the level of presumption yeah, that is in the that assumption. and the judgment. Isn't and you're, it? yeah. You just you just go wow that is wild and you know there's um it's a sh really short book I actually recommend it to anyone I heard Joe Rogan talking about it on his podcast and uh, it's by Don Miguel Ruiz it's just called The Four Agreements and I mean it's like a two hour long audio book two two and a half hours or something like that okay really straightforward to get through but like you know very very pertinent quite like quite profound and uh, okay. the four agreements are essentially um, be impeccable with your word. Don't uh, don't take things personally. Uh, don't ever make any assumptions, and always do your best. Nice. And, um, and yeah, and it's it's yeah, it's a, it's, it's it's beautiful and uh, really straightforward. 
but, you know, hits home. And that was a classic case of somebody making a ton of presumption. And, uh, and, uh, and that is, you know, wh yeah, where do you, where does it get you? It doesn't, uh, you just got the complete wrong end of the stick mm. and, uh, you've, you made a judgment about the world that doesn't exist and you're going to go away thinking that, you know, here's somebody who's, uh, who's a mess head, you know, in your own world view, but really you haven't actually explored what's going on there mm. and you haven't expanded your worldview. You've just, uh, closed off another perspective and got a bit of cognitive confirmation bias for your own, your own existence mm. and thinking you're right and you know the way and all that kind of stuff. It's, um, it doesn't help you because it's just a bit poisonous when you're shutting off your world like that. Yeah. And, um, and that's what I love about that little book is it's just really like four tenets, four agreements. You, you, if you stick by them, you can have a, you can have a pretty good life. You know, you're going to have a life that you're pretty happy about. And, um, and so, yeah, it just kind of reminds me of that as well. Yeah. I like that. I think it's very easy to make assumptions about people. Um, and in mm. the past, I've done it all the time. Not all the time. That's not fair. But I think it's easy to judge. It's like a book by its cover, isn't it? And actually, it's a really unwise thing to do because I think you, you, you look at someone, you look at their clothes and you make an assumption. You look at, I don't know, lots of different things. And it's easy to make an assumption. But actually... I've grown out of that habit now and I just, I just get curious, get to know someone, talk to them. Don't, mm. don't judge a book by its cover because you don't know. It's like people probably mm. look at me and go, oh, okay, active wear. Now if she's there, she probably spends all her time in the gym, you know, and uh, it's that perception of someone yeah. and it's like, you no idea. Uh, so I try not to, mm -hmm. uh, judge anyone because you don't know and also something that I've learned over the last couple of years is like you just don't know what people are going through either and uh you don't know what they're exactly. struggling with and you don't know someone might walk into a shop and be in a really foul mood and brush you out the way and and that gets you all back up but then if you step back a little bit and get curious and you've made and rather than make an assumption that oh they're really rude it's like get curious as to why or you might see someone and they're you know, hugely overweight and and people might make an assumption of, oh, it's this, it's, it's like, what's the psychology behind that? Why? And you get curious about it. So it's almost like if you maybe delve into that story a little bit more, you can become a bit more empathic to people and, and not make assumptions and and learn about human nature more as well. So I, I try really hard not to make assumptions mm. about people and, and I want to listen. I want to know, yeah. I want to find out why are you angry? Why do you feel the need to barge me out of the way? Why do you feel the need to beat your horn at me? Whatever it is, wherever I am, what's going on with you? Cause often it's not about you. It's about imagine them. you chasing that person down and just like having a sit down with them. Oh. Hey, we're going to talk this one out. Are you okay? You're going to tell me why you did that. Yeah. No. But it was like Cindy yeah. as well. No, was, uh, and, that, and that's also like the, it's like the second agreement as well as mm. I don't take things personally because no. that's that person's perspective of the world and they project it onto you. So the anger is coming onto you, but you don't have to take any of that personally. No. And because it's just not, especially because that person knows nothing about you as well. So it's not like you, you have any responsibility 
you know, there. You don't have to, you don't even have to worry about that. That's, that's one thing. Like, I feel like personally, I've always been good at that. It's just, if somebody just, you know, is being Larry on the street or, you know, you've had it, somebody gets mouthy, it's just like, all right, you're saying shit. It doesn't bother me at all because you're just saying shit. You don't know anything about me. That doesn't even matter. Even if you did know something about me, it's like, you've got a problem mm. and cool. I'm going to help you take a look at it. But if I, if I don't know you and it's just somebody down the street, it's like, all right, you just keep, keep causing beef. I'm going to walk, uh, walk away from this because yeah. I've got nothing to prove. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter to me because no. it's just like somebody is just running their mouth or just doing something stupid. So yeah, it's, um, that's a, it's a nice little agreement. That second one is like, don't yes. take anything personally because whatever's going on out there is, is never really a reflection. Um, when it's coming at you like that, it's never really a reflection of what you are mm -hmm. or what, who you are. It's more how that person is perceiving you, but that's where the investigation, like, you know, getting curious about it is like, okay, if you believe that to be the case, especially if, you know, it doesn't matter if somebody doesn't know you, but if somebody does know you, it's like, what's going on here? Mm. Let's just clear this up. Let's have that open line of communication because if we don't, then that's going to turn into bigger problems and we're going to try it. We can't just try and brush it under the carpet. We've got to, we've got to look at this. You know, so I'm not going to make any presumptions and I'm not going to take it personally, but we're going to figure out why you might feel that way mm. about me and then and then unravel that and make sure that's just not a thing that is not based in ungrounded reality absolutely i think meet them with kindness meet them with curiosity um and it's something that we were talking about a few podcasts ago as well wasn't it it's like why do you feel the need why don't you like me i'd like to know and even though it's quite difficult mm. if someone has beef with you and it's quite difficult to hear what they have to say about you, I'd always want to know if if there was a problem yeah. or if someone wasn't happy with how I was doing or whatever. Um, just meet them with kindness. It's like something that Cindy was saying as well. It's like people get a bit gnarly with her online because she puts this stuff off and she always meets them with kindness and 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 humbleness and and even if something riles me, I think what I've learned through in recent months is to take a step back and and just check in with myself as well. You know, I know you were gonna you were gonna start laughing. Take a mm. big step back. <laughs> you knew exactly what I was I thinking. Can't I, was like, I couldn't say laughing. it because I'm just gonna. <laughs> take a big step back. It was because uh, I was literally gonna do it. Literally Fuck your own face from Tropic Thunder. God, because I was going to do it and I was just going to, I would have just swallowed the microphone. I would have just shouted so loud that it would have been unbearable for people listening. So I had to stop. I just started laughing instead. Take a but step yeah. back. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what you said. It's like, take a big step back. <laughs> and check your own Excellent. face. What a character. Brilliant. Brilliant. But it is, it's like, <laughs> yeah. if something's riling you, if someone says something, says something, and it, it arouses you up or it, it, it bristles you. I've, I've learned, or you know what, you get a text and it, it pisses you off and you want to reply straight away. And it's like, just don't do that. Take a big step back yeah. and check your own face. <laughs> Let's say it like that. Because actually, when you step back and give yourself some time and some space, then you can meet that that response that whatever it is that you might you know mm -hmm. that was a difficult conversation or whatever you can meet it in a calmer place 
So I think that's what I'm learning as well. It's like, don't take everything too personally. Understand that everyone else has got their own stuff going on. A lot of the time, that anger and discomfort and all that, that, it comes from a place of fear. So get curious about what's going on, that person. Yeah, yeah exactly. It is, yeah, it is, it is create that space. It's like create that space between your reaction. So easy to react. Um, yeah, exactly. And what you think you're going to do next is like, no, no, wait a second. Give it a and moment. just realize like, it ain't, yeah, it ain't actually that big a deal. Mm. You know, just, just look into it a little bit. And yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's proper sound. So yeah, that, um, that little book I'd recommend to anyone. Yeah, just sounds great. get it on audio book. Mm. If, um, if you want, and just like, you know, while you're going for a walk, you could probably pop through it and, um, just gives you some, yeah, really nice, simple and eloquently put as well mm. is cause it's just so well communicated in, in a, in a simple way and, nice. and because it's so short as well and it hits home. So it's quite, um, so that's actually quite powerful because a lot of books will spend, you know, pages and pages and pages going through this kind of stuff. And here's one that, um, gets a point across pretty pretty swiftly great and it's a nice uh, nice thing to you know you can just re-listen to it as well just to remind yourself of a few a few of the things um so yeah and that's a good one and like the other ones as well like, you know be impeccable with your word is it's just like it's so that's also like it's really profound because it's so simple yes. and it's just the idea of essentially just kind of like being true to yourself and being and just, yeah, just more than anything, not just to, uh, yeah, just not to anybody else is just mostly to yourself. Yeah. Because if you know you're doing that, then, you know, I like this, I like this line is like, you know, always tell the truth. Um, so that you never have to remember a thing. I love that. Oh, it's so <laughs> yeah. important. I said, I, I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a good liar. Uh, I can't lie <laughs> at all. I mean, I'm shit. So I, I kind of live that and I can't, I can't do it. Mm. I just not, I just haven't got, the, I haven't got the face for it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you That's do it? You have got the face no. for it. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Did you have the chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just could never, could never wipe that look off your face. No. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Um, and it's yet again, so simple because all it does is like, you know, every time you tell that little, little lie to yourself or the way that you speak to yourself, it's consolidating that pathway, right? It's consolidating that, uh, line of thinking. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, you know, it makes a distinction between like, you know, this, your word can be pure magic or it can be black magic, you know, it can be pure magic and that, um, you say good stuff and you know, that puts good shit out there and mm-hmm. it makes you feel better. And it can be black magic because you're saying negative stuff and it's, uh, impacting your own soul. But also if you say something negative to somebody else or do something negative in that sense, you are just, uh, making the world worse around you. So it's, uh, there's a lot of power in, in that as well. And it's not just about what you've like literally put out there with that expression of language and saying things to people, but it's what you think of yourself and what you believe of yourself. So the impeccable and like, it also just explains the uh, origins of the word impeccable as well. Like, uh, from M meaning without, and I can't remember like, but the, 
Latin word for peccable was just basically sin, sinful. So impeccable means without yeah, sin. I, like I really like that. Yeah. Um, so I was going to say, it's like the more I, the more I investigate myself, the more I get curious, the more I learn about myself, the more I kind of delve into therapy and movement and neuroscience and everything, the less, the more I want to stay away from gossip and mm. uh, bad conversations and and that kind of thing it's like i'm not i i just i genuinely yeah. it does something to me <clears throat> when i hear yeah. people talk badly about other people or they're constantly that's moaning. exactly what he's talking about in the book as well he's right. like gossip is poison literally just, spells it out as well i just i just say i, I think I, I i it's just that negative speak even if it's you know and and i know people can feel collectively uh, like a community when the, everyone's gossiping about something, but I just, it doesn't sit well with me anymore. Talking badly mm. about people, talking about people, anything like that. It just, it, it feels dirty to me. It feels like, well, we shouldn't be doing yeah. this. It's not a good thing. It's not a good place to be yeah. in. I like to keep my, <laughs> it's like, what do you want to build a community around? Right? Yeah. Oh, when he said this and that, it's just, I just, I don't like <laughs> it. Or just being negative about other people. It's like, everyone's got their shit. Everyone has stuff going on. There's no need to be negative about them. And, and it, I guess I'm just getting to the point where I just see beauty in everything. And uh, I don't know if that sounds weird, but it's just, I, I want to see the good in everything. Yeah. That's all I've, all I've got. Mm. Yeah, well, that's not weird because it's kind of touched on what we talked about previous podcasts as well is the idea of um, like you know, nihilism and hopelessness. And if that's the way you see the world, then there is no beauty in the world. And if you're going to approach it that way, then the logical conclusion is just to end it for yourself. You know, whereas um, if you look at it with beauty, there's optimism baked into that world of view there mm. and if you're more optimistic it makes you more resilient because you believe in a better future if you mm. didn't believe in a better future you'd want to give up it's um i think there's a lot yeah there's a lot for it in terms of how how you're viewing the world is going to shape how obviously i mean as clear as day is going to shape how you're experiencing the world but it does more than uh, than we ever give it credit for because it always feels like it's like a woo-woo thing but um but we, yeah, we, you know, we're starting the show with um, like modern neuroscience and exploration into neurobiology of stuff, just how we can influence our state of emotions, our physical abilities um, with the way that we think about something, you know, and essentially whether we believe what we think or not. And we're, um, so we've got to be impeccable with our word. And on top of that, it's um, being, yeah, creating community, like, you know, not around that kind of negativity, yeah. but around the things that you want to see persist and propel you forward. So, yeah, fuck all that noise. Yeah. Surround yourself with good people. And I think surround with yourself with people that inspire you as well and inspire you to be mm. better, do better and want to propel yourself forward. That was always my thing. It's like, I want people around me. I want people in my inner circle that inspire me to be better. And and, and I have that now. So that's really important mm. um, because then you, you make yeah. a difference in their world as well. 
and then you make a difference in other people's world yeah. and, and you get that 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 has a ricochet effect everywhere doesn't it yeah exactly i think there's um uh, there's something else that made me think of as well which was um yeah, it's the idea of doing nothing you know yeah. it's because a lot of time it feels like the obvious thing is you want to you just don't want to do anything or like let me let me put that better okay you don't want to have any worries and uh, by extension you're like you don't want to have to you don't want to have to do things you don't want to yeah it's basically okay Oh, again, it's because, again, I'm exploring something here. I'm trying to say something which I haven't fully articulated, but uh, I'm going to try. But it's it's the overvaluation of doing nothing over doing something. So what I mean by that is doing something requires effort, right? So whatever it's going to be mm -hmm. is always the, just the mere fact of me opening my mouth requires effort. So whenever there's effort involved, we're making a cost-benefit analysis of the cost of putting the effort versus the benefit that the effort will provide you. Mm -hmm. And so in a lot of cases, it feels like nothing is going to be more beneficial than doing something mm -hmm. because you don't have to put any effort in, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But it's, there's a misunderstanding there of basic human, like even biology, let alone our psychology, because if we're not, doing something where we're moving forward and pursuing something and doing something meaningful to us, then it affects, it literally affects our longevity as well. So yeah, we literally shave same. years off our own life. Mm. It affects the, uh, our state of health. It affects the state of mind because of, you know, going back to what we were talking about with having a purpose and how that blunts your self rumination. It's the same here. If you're doing nothing, you've got more time to ruminate and you're, inviting anxiety and depression onto yes. yourself right. and yeah and i find that happening as well because uh, with me personally because i'm i'm a person of momentum it's like us starting on a day-to-day -day basis is like the hardest thing for me <laughs> it's just getting started okay like, but once i start literally 10 seconds later i'm just in yeah i'm, I'm in but starting is always the hardest part and the days where i let that win out are the days where I've wasted a lot of time. And so I've done nothing. And on the surface, it feels like that's great. I didn't have to do anything. You know, I've been relaxing, doing nothing. But actually, my mind is not at ease. Mm. It's not at ease with that because it wasn't doing nothing because it was baked into the equation. It was reward for having done something, for example. It was doing nothing because it felt easier to do that than to do something, even though that something is important to me. Yeah. And it's those days where you kind of lose that connection with that importance, right? Yep. And the more I do that, the more I ruminate, uh, the more irritated I am with myself, mm. the more irritated I am with things that are going on around me. And um, and when I, I've become more attuned to that as well, so it'll, you know, it'll be, it could be little things like you know, dishes are left out in uh, the kitchen and then it never does that bother me because you know i know i live with clean housemates it'll get put away it's not it's not it's not a big deal mm. 
but then you know some days like you'll just look at it and be like why the fuck is this out here mm. and i realize i'm like oh i'm not doing the things i should be doing oh, so okay, that's cool. this goes back to also yeah yeah so this also goes back to things about um don't make any assumptions to me as well mm -hmm. because i could make the assumption that you know my flatmates being a dick by <laughs> leaving the dishes out actually it's not it's all to do with me mm -hmm. it's all to do with my perception of the world right now yeah. because I chose to do nothing over doing something. I chose to not exert myself over exerting myself. And that never felt, and that doesn't feel good to my soul because the act of doing something, when I get into it, I'm using my time to do the things that I like to do. I'm researching, I'm reading, I'm working on my programs for my clients. I'm working on my online program, all this stuff, which I find meaning in. And, uh, and but it's, it's hard work, but the thing is, you know, I love it as well. So when I have the momentum for it, it's easy. I'll just keep doing it. Yeah. And I'm very good at like, um, once I get started, I will just, it'll be four hours later. I'll yeah. still be doing the same thing. Yeah, if it hasn't been done, if it, if it's a big project, then yeah. it needs to get done. Right. So, but, um, but it's that starting part. So on the days where I feel a little bit more resistance to it, and if I let that resistance win out, then it feels you know, you might think it's liberating to do nothing, but it really isn't. It's actually more liberating to have yeah, done not. the thing that you need to do. Yeah. And um, that is feeding your soul. So, yeah, for whatever reason, it just got me thinking about that as well. And like mm -hmm. how it, I think it's all about misconceptions. I think a lot of what we've talked about is misconception as well, because, you know, somebody bumping into you in the street, you're talking about it's their problem it's not me so it's misconceptions if we're making presumptions um it's a misconception if we take things personally um, because it's not to do with us it's a misconception to feel like doing nothing is is uh more is better for us on than doing something mm. um and yeah it's a misconception to kind of live a life where you don't at least try and explore what your purpose might be, whatever that is, whether that's raising a kid, whether that's working with people to make their lives better, whether that's just being creative and artsy, whether that's being an accountant, you know, somebody might find real purpose exactly. in that. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, so yeah, there's a whole bunch of misconceptions that need to get addressed. I think when we look into it a little bit further, if you're ever stuck thinking or doing nothing, don't think that's better for you go and figure out something to do, which is worthwhile, something useful, even if it's just a small thing, even if it's like whatever I gave the example of dishes, yes. like even if it's putting away some dishes, so it looks like your, your eating environment is, is, uh, is better for you. Freaking do that because just every little thing makes a difference. Exactly. Yeah. It's way more and productive. Same with like impeccability of your word. Mm. It's, um, say like, you know, if there's negative thoughts, just flip it. It's like, you know, give yourself, um, something positive to believe in. And then you realize that actually that line of thinking that I had, it wasn't impeccable. It wasn't doing me any good. Now I'm flipping that, but it's like one little, one little thing at a time. Mm. I think also when you have that purpose as well, you know, we were talking with Kathy about the work-life balance and how it's almost a bit of a toxic term these days, work-life balance, work-life mm. balance. Like, what does that mean? Because if you've got your purpose, there is no work-life balance. Like, work is balance, and that's okay. 
Mm. and it doesn't feel like work it's not even work no it doesn't feel like work it's like breathing which is what she said and don't get me wrong there's times in my work when I really don't want to do it I really don't want to study I really but actually as you said it's like once you get into it and you get into that flow time has no concept really because if it's something that you love and really it is, it's like, it's like inner space for me with anatomy. And once I get into it, it's like, ah, and, and time just goes. Um, and so as you were talking, it was just getting me thinking about this work-life balance and how people talk about it. And for me, sometimes it's, it's okay to sit and do nothing because I'm that tired and I've done a lot. But at the same time, it's like you, if I do too much of that sitting around doing nothing, scrolling thinking ruminating that's when the thoughts come in and it all just gets a little bit negative um and I think that's where it's really good to have that purpose and and you and I were really lucky in that we have that because it is just a case of I could switch something on I could text you ask you something I could go and watch something or I could go and journal or do gratitude or get myself out of that that rumination as well so work-life balance Mm. There is no work-life balance when you have that purpose. And I think that's something to strive for. It's called living life. Hell yeah. Nice. Nice. That's it. Go live life, people. Oh, yeah. Leave the conversation there today. Cool. Yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Tell us what resonated with you. Um, What did you like about the conversation? Give us your thoughts at uh, Evolve, Achieve, Thrive on Instagram. Just drop us a DM there. We'll be happy to interact with you. We'll always, we're always on. We'd love to, we'd love to know what people are thinking and giving their perspective. Um, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify on your uh, favorite podcast player on YouTube as well. So, uh, and if you're enjoying the conversation, please leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us get the show out there, and uh, we want to build that audience up and get the conversation out there because if you're finding value in it, then I'm sure there's other people who are going to find value in what we're talking about too. So please spread the word and uh, until next time, live life with purpose. Bye.